Hello, my friends. Today, I'm going to be talking all about my experience going to a spiritual healer in Bali, literally like the one you see in Pray Love in the movie, which I was actually going to go to his son or in the book. So let's dive right in because this is my whole 2024 and honestly, I'm about to go off of it all. Welcome to the House of Wanderlust podcast. I'm your host, Meg McLean, life coach and live your best life BFF. We're chatting all things mindset, travel, freedom, and getting out of your comfort zone. Ready to level up your life? Let's go. Okay, where the heck do I begin? So I've always wanted to go to a spiritual healer. Like the one you see in Pray Love, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite books. I'm obsessed. So obviously when I was in Bali, I had to go. I spent most of my time in Changu, which is a big area for digital nomads. It's more urban, quote unquote. But I decided to spend five days in Ubud. Ubud is probably where you see the most Bali-esque pictures online, on Instagram, all of the things. So one of the first things I did when I got to Ubud was see spiritual healers. And I texted my friend, she gave me one. He was not available. And then I also went to just go online, just kind of Google and see what came up or even people's reviews on TikTok. Honestly though, also side note, I've been using TikTok as like my main search engine. It's better than Google occasionally. So that's a hack. Anyways, I was kind of just hunting down for a spiritual healer. And obviously, one of the first ones I thought of was the man in Eat, Pray, Love. He's not an actor. He's an actual real spiritual healer. What was his name? Katut Liar. Yes. And I went to his website. I was seeing on TikTok, though, people were like, don't go to him. It's too touristy now, obviously. So I went to his website, though. I was just checking it out. And I honestly couldn't tell if he passed away or he definitely doesn't practice anymore because his son took over and I just you know I wanted the actual guy if that was the case so what I did was I kept googling around and I found this really great lady that I just felt pulled to I suppose and I ended up doing it with her I signed up for a 30-minute session I was like I don't really think I need an hour honestly I wasn't seeking anything I was just whatever they have to say I chose to do a guided spiritual healing and there was also a healing one as well there was two different options I kind of wanted the guidance like the life guidance of what my next year was going to look like it honestly gave me a lot of clarity on where I want to go because as a digital nomad I haven't been doing it long at all but I've been so stressed and this is a great problem to have and I'm really really grateful I'm just stressed where to go like (laughs) I there's I can go anywhere I want And there's so many places I want to go. So I just, I've been having a hard time deciding where the heck do I want to go? So I'll talk about the experience. I went to the place. There was like two business buildings and then she was on the right side of it. I went in, there was a little lobby, you know, sat down for a minute. They gave me some tea and then they led me upstairs. And you go upstairs and there's, it looks like there's a bunch of rooms and it's like on a rooftop and it's super pretty. It's like a little sidewalk with rocks everywhere. And they lead me into this very dark room and the spiritual healer is just sitting in there, like basically in the dark. And then when I got in there immediately, I've never heard a belch louder than my life. She goes, Ugh, for like, I don't even know, it was a good 10 seconds. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm just clearing the energy from you know, when you came in the room and I was like, oh my God, I tried so hard not to laugh. It was the craziest belch I've ever heard in my life. Like, you know, the one in Elf where he, you know, does it for a good 10 seconds at the dinner table. 
Like, this is worse. Imagine that. So much worse. So I sat down after she belched. And honestly, I'm so intimidated at this point because she just kind of seems like a hard ass. And in the description, they also said this is not her first language. English is not her first language. So things might be a little direct and don't take it the wrong way. Like, respect. I get that. I don't know. She just seemed so stern in the beginning. Wasn't the most welcoming, but it got so good over time. I mean, she was welcoming it. It was just like a like a hard energy, I suppose, is a good way to say it. So all I really told her was, I'm a mindset coach. I don't know if that's really like the path I want to be going down. Like coaching, I sold all my stuff and I live nomadically. That's all I told her. Mind you, you don't give, you know, your birth date or like where you were born, like astrology stuff, which I have some connecting of the dots after all this, which is nuts, but it's just your name and that's it. Immediately, it was like almost like she cut me off. Not really, just saying that she was like so aggressively in this tone. She said, you are not meant to be in Asia, the US or Canada. And quote unquote, this is to live nomadically, not to just travel, but to actually be living. And obviously I was living in Bali the past two months. So that is Asia. And she said, I'm meant to be in Europe. And that is where she's feeling like I'm energetically pulled to specifically Spain or Portugal. And that just blew my mind because Spain is my favorite country. Like I love, 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 love Barcelona. I've been there twice and I'm so grateful for that. And she's like, that's where I see you to be living nomadically. And she said she also sees me in Switzerland, like traveling throughout Switzerland, the Netherlands, Norway, and Austria. And then she said, you belong in valleys and you belong in nature, like nature in the valleys. And she said, but don't go to Germany. That's not for you, which is funny. And I looked at my human design because I don't really know much about it, but I find it fascinating. And my place, I'm saying it so wrong, but like my place, like where I belong, it said valleys. It just kind of blew me away afterwards, but there's more like weird connections after. Also immediately, she also said, you are not meant to live nomadically. You need a home. And I see that home being in Europe. And she said, you can travel around, but I think you need to stay somewhere for at least six months at a time to ground. Like you can take weekend trips, like say you're settling down in Spain, but you can take weekend trips to like Switzerland or the Netherlands, like she mentioned. And I so agree with that. After literally two and a half months of being a full-time digital nomad, I'm so fucking exhausted. Like bouncing around, living out of a suitcase. It's really freeing, don't get me wrong, but I really took a home for granted I will say and that is not something I was prepared for now I think the next time I go travel around which will be next month in January 2024 because I'm home right now for the holidays I think I'll be better prepared and I'm also downgrading but it also it's just it's exhausting and having a home is really really nice to just come home to she said she sensed my energy that I really needed grounding energy in the moment which is what I'm doing now thank god she said bouncing around is way too chaotic for me And it causes too much stress, overthinking, overwhelm, and instability in my life, which is so true. She said, with your type of energy, you really, really need to ground in order to be the best version of you. She said, it's causing you and will cause you so much more stress and overthinking and overwhelm and instability in your life that you truly need a home base. But you can still travel as much as you want. She said Asia is a great place for you to visit, but not to live. I'm also curious about Mexico. She didn't say anything like that or, you know, maybe like Africa or just other continents. She said just those three. And I'm just curious about that because I think I'm going to go kind of live in Mexico for the next few months, maybe. 
or Central America. I'm not really sure. The next thing she said was she sensed I'm going to meet my romantic partner, my next romantic partner at the end of 2024 or early 2025. She's sensing in the next eight-ish months, like around that time frame. And I asked her, will I meet this person in Europe? And she said, yes, yes, you will. And she senses it'll turn into a very, very, very serious partnership. She know, she didn't say if it was like the one, but she said it's going to be extremely serious. And that's it. That's it. Nothing else. It's so funny because I am chilling being, I guess, five months single now, five and a half months, which is so crazy because I feel like that was yesterday. But I do not want a romantic partner in my life at all right now. Like I am doing the work on me very heavily. This includes looking into past traumas and what worked, what didn't, what do I want my next partner, what do I not want. Literally painting the picture crystal clear of who this next partner will be. That's, you know, hopefully the one for me. You know, I'm 26, I'm not that old, but I love love so much. And I always dream of finding that one, that one soulmate partner for me. And I know people have different opinions, but I think you can definitely have, you know, the love of your life and your soul partner. And I just want to be that best version for me, for them, for us. And (laughs) I'm not going to lie, I feel like by that time frame of, you know, within eight months or like that early 2024, early or end of 2024 early 2025 like I'm I feel like I become a different person every week I swear but I feel like around that time frame it's gonna be tenfold so I guess you'll see me in Europe at the end of 2024 early 2025 not like I need it not like I need that love right now at all or seek it completely but I love love and you know that nice partner that I pray for I'm excited for them to come into my world and if that is the case that it's in Europe at that time frame I'm actually going to shit my pants because that's that's crazy I think that's the craziest one out of all of these on top of partners and this is I guess more of a vulnerable share she asked me if I was with someone now and I said no at the time this was a few months ago She's, I said, I'm, or I guess a month and a half ago, I told her I'm four months out of a breakup and out of a relationship. She asked if I came over to Bali with someone or with that person. I said, no, he's in San Diego. And she said she still feels very strong energetic ties to each other with some love and connection. And this will soon fade in the next few months. And that's super normal with time. And like, of course, that's normal. Like, I'd hope for most people going through a breakup, like you still care and love for that person. It's not like it's just gone away. It's not like it just goes away overnight. So I don't know if that's the case for the other end. But you know, I still definitely feel that way. Still very much, you know, processing a breakup. I've never really had a breakup where I've wanted to process or felt like I needed to process things. I feel like my other breakups just were beyond ready to go. So yeah, I feel like this one hits a little different. And that is a okay. And if you remember me in the beginning saying, and all I told her was, I'm a mindset coach. I live nomadically. I sold everything. So when I said I'm a mindset coach, I said, I don't really know if I want to be coaching, which if you're listening to this, I'm actually going to be taking a long, long, long break from coaching and stepping into other projects and ventures because I've loved everyone I've worked with, but coaching is not calling me at all. And it hasn't been for a very long fucking time. So that involves a lot of confusion and what I want to be doing. And it's cool because now I've truly honed in on it a little bit more. So she said regarding business, she says I need to be the further embodiment of what I'm teaching and what I'm being, which is something that I try to do all the time, especially on social media. She said every single thing that you've been doing up until now, talking, 
with me, you have not been the embodiment of what you want in business. And it's really interesting. And if you're thinking about investing in something with someone, another coach or program, you have to make sure, yes, you can take what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're telling you to do, but you have to do it your way or else you're not going to be happy. Like take what they're giving you and make it your own. I told her there's a lot of coaches and programs I've invested in where I haven't necessarily seen the ROI that I've been looking for, but it's come back in different ways. So it is important that if you are given the structure, if you are given the here's how to do it, make sure to find out your own way on how to do it because you will be 10 times happier. Why else are you starting a business? You want to be happy with what you're creating, with what you're doing. You want to be fulfilled. Next, she said, it's really important for me to stay true to myself. Ask yourself, who am I? What feels good? What feels authentic to me? How do I operate? That came up a lot. How do I operate? So this is going into like personal life, business. How do I operate? How do you operate? And you need to be authentic. That's what she just kept saying over and over and over again. Like, I believe I am authentic, but sometimes what the things I am doing inside my business, I don't feel authentic because I feel like I have to do it, you know? So it is really important to come back to that feeling of how do you operate personally, professionally, all the things. She said, when I start being true to myself even further, that is how the business will flow the way I want it to the way I want life to flow a little bit more, just being authentically myself, staying true to who I am and what I want and how the heck do I operate. And it's something that I feel like is a learning curve all the time. It's something that we're learning constantly. So keep practicing, keep figuring out how do you operate. On top of that, she said, I have way too much decision fatigue, which I do. There's a lot of things that I have going on in my life. My life does not look normal compared to many people's. And that includes the very nice decision of where should I go live this month? Or what am I doing with my business, et cetera, et cetera. And that was coming up a lot for her again. How do I operate in this mode of decision fatigue? So reducing that was heavily talked about. And something I also wanted to touch on that I will talk about next that she mentioned is money. So I have done so much money mindset work over the past few years. But specifically, I do have a crazy limiting belief that I know is not true in any capacity that involves money and being loved by someone. So essentially, I was asking her about that. And I can go into that another time, kind of what I mean a little bit more by that. I think a lot of people need to hear this message, but at this time, I don't feel like I need to share this right now. And she said, you just need to let go of the worries of money, leave everything at the door, just let go and trust. And surrender is something that I personally honestly have a lot of trouble with. I like to control. I like to hold on and cling, but there becomes a time where you truly do need to surrender to an idea in order to let it flow to you. And this is something I'm slowly learning with money and it's gotten so much better over the years. But as someone who has their own business, it's really hard for me and I definitely get into a scarce mindset at times, which obviously blocks that flow. A lot of that comes down to what I mentioned before, like I don't think I want to be coaching right now. And it's something that I felt like I had to do. And the truth is I don't have to do anything. I can take a long break and feel okay with it and pick it up when I want to. Um, So that's kind of where these blockers are coming from with money. And essentially, we just need to let it go. And she literally said, leave it at the door. Leave your money worries at the door. 
She said, for me specifically, it's really important for me to reverse engineer. She said, what amount do I need every month? And then reverse engineer basically my needs, my wants, any expenses, and current income, seeing how it's all going to come in, but then also trusting it will come in different ways. My one coach has a fun exercise basically listing out all the crazy ways you can make money. And it's a really good manifestation technique just to look at that and see how the heck can money come to me and trust and let it trust that it'll come. In general, she said, I just need to trust in all that I'm manifesting. Every single thing. She said, have faith and let it go. And it's cool because I got a tattoo on my finger that says surrender. And honestly, it's been helping me. Like I look down at it and I'm just thinking, okay, I need to surrender. I need to let this go. And another technique that I love to do, literally you feel the weight get off your shoulders is breathe in. And when you breathe out, you go shh, like you're saying shh but you're shooting it out. And it's a really good way. You can do it slowly, I would suggest. Like breathe in and then (laughs) So that's a really good way to just surrender. You're literally surrendering in your body. So have faith and let it go. She said, do the actions needed and let it go and it will happen. And it's so funny because these are things that I know. Like I study manifestation I breathe, I live manifestation, but sometimes we get caught up in our own shit that we forget. So it's always nice to have someone reaffirm it. The last thing she said made me laugh, but she said, I have a good sense of self and I carry so much insecurity too at the same time, which is funny because on the outside, like consciously, I don't feel like I'm an insecure person, definitely in some aspects, but subconsciously, of course, I feel like I definitely am insecure in different ways. And I feel like social media for me has played a big role in that with societal norms and expectations. And these are norms that I am in the process of breaking, but norms that some of them just are hard to break and they're conditioned in some way, but reminding myself it's my life and I live how I want to live. She said with this insecurity, living nomadically will make this so much worse as well as anxiety. I definitely feel like I've developed anxiety over the years and don't have it as much or like at least I can handle it. She said the insecurity and anxiety living nomadically will be horrible, will not be good for you. And she said, I need to learn how to ground. And she said, I need to learn how to relax a little bit more. I'm definitely really hard on myself. So kind of love to hear that. I have a lot going on for sure. And it's really interesting that she said that and knew that. I guess she could probably tell from my energy. I feel like I'm a little spazzy sometimes. So having that groundness is something that I'm constantly always trying to learn just to relax, take a step. I would say I'm a lot more of a masculine person than a feminine person. So integrating those two is always a work in progress for me. And it's awesome. And I feel like when I was doing this reading, honestly, I was not in a good place. Like month one of Bali was incredible. I did too much though. Like I burnt myself out. And then month two at the beginning of the month, that's when I went to go see the spiritual healer. I wasn't great. (laughs) I was struggling a lot with just my sense of self, who I was, what I was doing, and was definitely showing that insecurity a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. But I've been home for the past, well, I was in Costa Rica and I just got home the past week and a half ago. And I'll be home like in the States for the next month-ish. And I'm just excited to ground. Literally, I feel like I've reset my nervous system being here, just being with loved ones, being in my actual home because I don't have a home. (laughs) And it's been really nice. So 
maybe I'll go see her sometime next year and I'll keep an update if any of these come to fruition, especially like the romantic one or when I'm in Europe. I definitely plan to be in Europe the next probably fall and winter this year, maybe a year of summer. I don't know. Let me know if I should do that. But yeah, that's all I got for you today. If you have questions on who this healer is, I'm not going to say her name in here. Or if you want a reading like this, let me know. If you like this episode, please give the podcast a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple or share it to your stories and tag me on Instagram at it's Meg McLean. We'll love to see it or share it with a friend, but I will see you guys next time.